Hey, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church of Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can head to our website at RenewalChicago.com. I pray today that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. Hebrews chapter 13, when you've got it, would you do me a favor and just shout, I got it. If you're able, just if you're able, would you rest on your feet as we read the scripture together? It says this in Hebrews 13 and verse 7. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ, this is a very important passage in Hebrews 13. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not benefited those devoted to them. Uh, we have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. For the body of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. What we just did, that's exactly what we just did. Let us offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account, a weighty task. Uh, and, and here's the, the way to do that. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. The very words of Scripture. Amen. You may be seated. A few years ago, I went whitewater rafting with a crew of people from Chicago uh, in, uh, in Colorado, though. And uh, for some reason, uh, Jay, uh, who's an elder here, who's on the board with me of this organization, he decided not to come. I, I'm not quite sure why. Um, but anyways, we went whitewater rafting, um, and uh, we weren't there for this particular purpose of whitewater rafting, uh, but it was uh, part of like a team-building experience. And if you know anything about me, uh, whitewater rafting probably ain't my thing, right? Um, and, and yet, uh, for the sake of the team building, I decided, man, I'm going to participate. And uh, when you go whitewater rafting, they give you a, a number of things that you need to wear uh, in, in order to really ensure your safety. So you've got a wetsuit, uh, you've, got, uh, you've, got a, uh, you've got a helmet on, you've got a, a paddle to wear, uh, and then you, you've got a life jacket as well. And then there are particular details for how you are to tuck your feet into the side of the boat uh, and, and to add on to all of these different specific details of what you've got to wear when you go whitewater rafting, you're also uh, given a guide. Uh, and so these guides are people who have, uh, who have been trained over and over and over again. They have uh, ridden down rafts on these particular rivers for years. And so uh, they know where, uh, what time of year and what season, how the, uh, the waves and the wind is going to affect the river. And 
Uh, even times when you can't see a rock to the naked eye, they'll know because of repetition that there's a rock right there, even though you can't see it. And, and this is how we're going to avoid that rock, right? And, uh, and they've been trained uh, and understand the context uh, and the history of these rivers. They, they know what predators to look out for that will be alongside the, the riverside. Uh, and, and, and so you, you got all of your equipment on, uh, and you've got your special guide, and, and you start to go down the, the river, and uh, there are particular details that the guide will begin uh, to tell you about or tell you to do. And what, what you'd experience is sometimes there's a waterfall in front of you, right? Uh, and if you listen to the guide and, and do exactly what the guide says, going down that waterfall will be a, a thrilling experience. But, but if you don't listen to the guide, uh, if you don't do what they say, going down that waterfall could leave you outside the boat, right? Uh, and, and one of the benefits to having a guide, though, uh, is that the, the guide, when you fall out of the boat, it doesn't mean that the trip is over. Uh, as a matter of fact, the guide knows how to help uh, the person get back into the boat and, and continue your trip. And you think to yourself, I am no expert at whitewater rafting. Uh, and so if the owner called and hired a guide, I'm going to let the guide do their job. I'm going to let the guide be a guide. Amen? Amen. As we get ready to come to our passage this morning, if, if I could use uh, my sanctified imagination, if you will, I imagine the author uh, of the book of Hebrews talking about life as a kind of experience of whitewater rafting. Uh, and, and in the process of the ups and the downs and the twists and the turns and the rocks that you don't really know are there and the predators that come alongside the, the, the river, the owner of the whitewater rafting company that is life uh, has hired some guides. Uh, and, and the point of the guide and the thing that we ought to let the guide do is let the guide guide. Let, let the guide do their job. And so you can almost imagine, as you read Hebrews 13, you can almost imagine it's like a, a loved one is talking to another loved one, uh, and they've been talking for a long period of time, and, and now it's time to get off the phone. Somebody has got to go do something, uh, and so they're rushing off the phone, but the, uh, the one loved one wants to remind the audience that, hey, here are some things that are important before we get off, says Remember your leaders. Let the guide do their job. Remember grace. Remember Jesus' rejection. Remember your leaders. Let the guide be the guide. Remember grace. Remember Jesus' rejection. I, I want to preach from this subject this morning. There's a big idea that kind of lifted itself off the pages of Hebrews 13. It's that we should keep the main things, the main things. Keep the main things, the main things. Let's pray together, and we'll jump in. Heavenly Father, we thank you, uh, God, uh, for your word. We thank you, God, uh, for uh, the wisdom that resides in it. Uh, but we also thank you, God, that it's not just for wisdom's sake that you've given us your word, uh, but it's to reveal yourself to humanity. And so I, I pray that as your word points 
uh, people to Jesus, uh, that this message explained would point people to Jesus. Uh, Would you arrest our attention in our time together? uh, And would you make much of Jesus? It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. So if you keep that, uh, that kind of idea of uh, a loved one rushing off the phone but having to remind uh, the other loved one uh, some things that are very important, uh, and the author says, uh, it says okay, you got to remember your leaders. Look with me at verse 7. It says, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God, consider the outcome of their way of life, and imitate your faith. And if you can imagine the audience of uh, of this letter, they're going through tumultuous times, right? Their, their lives are incredibly difficult. As a matter of fact, uh, they are contemplating going back to their old practice of Judaism because it means that they wouldn't get persecuted. It, wouldn't, it, it means that they wouldn't lose their jobs. It means uh, that they wouldn't be thrown in jail. As a matter of fact, early on in Hebrews 13, uh, it says uh, he, he commands the people to go visit those who are in jail, and they're in jail because of their faith in Jesus. Like, that's how difficult a time period that these people are, are living through. And so uh, in the midst of that, evidently, the leaders of this church ha- had been uh, incredible, uh, incredible examples of the life of faith. And so it, despite the tumultuous times, uh, they say, remember your leaders. Uh, when, when, when things get difficult, remember your leaders. Now, uh, if you're not Jesus, which none of us are, we're not perfect, we have faults, uh, we too as leaders and pastors are being shaped and molded into the image of Jesus just the same as everybody else. Uh, and, and I know that there have been a number of Christian leaders over the course uh, of the past couple of years who uh, did incredibly ungodly things and, uh, and have been caught up in different things uh, that we know, man, that, that just ain't okay, Right. Uh, and, and yet the lion's share of, uh, of those who uh, name the name of pastor and those who uh, desire to lead people in the faith in Jesus Christ, the lion's share of us are trying to just be faithful to the job that God has called us to. Uh, and so the, the scripture says to uh, remember your leaders and consider the outcome of their faith. Derek uh, talked about uh, a guy by the name of CJ last week. And uh, CJ was the guy, he said he called uh, and he'd say, man, listen, what should I do about this, that, and the other? And CJ would say calmly back to him, yeah, have you talked to Jesus about it? That guy, right? Uh, and so I actually lived with CJ for a period of time and, uh, and I got to watch him live his life. Uh, I, I, I got to watch him uh, love his wife. I, I got to watch him navigate conflict with his children. I got to watch him navigate conflict with his wife. Uh, I, I got to watch him wake up and, and get into the scripture. I, I, I watched as there are situations where neither of us knew what to do. Uh, and he said, man, we got to ask God. We, we got to talk. We got to invite God into this circumstance. I watched him depend on, on God. Uh, I, I watched him respond to uh, the untimely death of his dad, even though uh, their relationship was estranged, it had gotten better uh, in the later years. And, and what happened as a result on the other side of him following Jesus uh, and still being faithful to God in the midst of all of those different experiences. And sometimes in life, people will say, I can't believe in God. I, I can't believe that a good God would allow bad things to happen. 
And in the past few years, I've experienced some of that tumultuousness in life. And and one of the things that, that I'm reminded of is I'm reminded of the life and lifestyle of CJ. I'm reminded of a life that's filled with peace. I'm reminded of a life that's filled with gratitude. I'm reminded of a life that's filled with joy, happiness that's not dependent on circumstances. I'm reminded of a a life that is filled with wisdom. And so somebody says, you still believe that stuff about Jesus? Like, man, come on, come on, man. And I think to myself, it's the life of peace. It's the life of gratitude. It's a life filled with joy, happiness that's not dependent on certain. Yeah, I still, I still believe in that Jesus stuff. I, I looked at CJ's life, and, and I'm reminded of what's true of his life and his lifestyle, and regardless of, of the winds and the waves that life experiences uh, that I have here on earth, and it's still the life for me. Yeah, I still, I still believe in this Jesus stuff. So uh, the author says uh, to remember your leaders and consider the outcome of their way of life. But then he goes further. It says in verse 17, as the author kind of bookends these two ideas in 7 and 17 in this paragraph, it it says, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. One of, the, one of the reasons why we regularly talk about membership here uh, at, at Renewal and, and one of the reasons why uh, we're having a membership class next week, right, and, and we encourage people to become members of a church is because it gives us the opportunity to know these are the people I'm responsible to give an account to God for. These, these are the people, the, the committed people of this local community that God has assigned me to. So, so, so if I know that you're in my care as a member of this community of faith, then I know I, I got to pay attention to this person's life. I, I, I got to be in tune uh, with, with what's going on in this person's, uh, in this person's world. Uh, and, 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 and we see words there in verse 17 that we just, we do not like those words, right? Uh, and, and, and we see submit, and we see obey, and we're like, oh, man, those are grungy words. Those, that, those are spinach words, right, to us, right? Uh, we, we, don't, we, don't, we, don't like, we don't like those words. And, and to be clear, it, some people have church hurt. People have done the wrong thing. Uh, the wrong way. I'm, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about people uh, who you actually trust and uh, who seem to be faithfully uh, attempting to do their work as guides for the will and work of God. Uh, it says submit. It says obey. One of the reasons why I think we don't like words like submit and obey is because we don't like authority. We, we don't like nobody telling us what to do. Can, can I go there? Some of y'all don't want to wear a mask right now because you don't want nobody telling you what to do. And, 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 and here's the thing. 
more than that is a Christian value or a value of your life, that's an American value. We don't like people telling us what to do, right? And so we hear words like uh, obey uh, and, and submit, and we're like, man, I, I don't know about all of that because I don't like people telling me, telling me what to do. Uh, and, and then in turn, with, with the rise of the internet, right, social media, everybody has the space to uh, give their opinions on stuff, right? And everybody has their outlet and their, their YouTube page for what they, they got to say about it and their opinion piece and, and all of these different things. And, and in the process of us not liking authority, there's also this thing that's happening now that because we don't like authority, there is a death of expertise, that means that, that it doesn't matter how many years you went to medical school and the level and the height and the depth that you have studied those things, uh, that, 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 that it doesn't matter that you have to have a certain insurance policy because of the liabilities that you have uh, in light of uh, if you recommend the wrong thing. We, we, don't, we don't believe in expertise. I, I don't need a, a doctor to do any research. I got my own research. I mean, Google search. I, I, I do my own Google, I do my own Google search, right? We, 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 uh, we don't like authority, and so in light of, uh, of, of no authority, we, we have the death of expertise. So now all of a sudden, uh, we, we've got uh, p- political uh, science uh, pundits on major news outlets uh, who not only have a degree in political science, they don't got a degree in nothing. We got life coaches with YouTube page, pages that ain't good at life. We got medical experts that got their certificate uh, in, uh, in essential oils. We, 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 we live in a time period when because we don't want to submit to any authority, everybody gets to be an expert on whatever they want to be. Y'all not saying amen. Okay. I just want to, Pastor Derek said, am I in your kitchen? Did I step on a toe? Echo chamber philosophers, right? We live in a time period of the death of expertise. Now, really, I'm not even trying to throw shade. It's just the reality of of the time period that we're living in. But uh, what that does is when, when, when there is no such thing as an expert on something, it allows us to be susceptible to misinformation. Uh, And if we're susceptible to misinformation and unwilling to submit to the guides, we leave ourselves open to catastrophe. And now, you know, some of y'all might not know about some of these things, but uh, now Pastor Derek and I are listening to people talk about, man, I've gone through difficulty in my life, and now I'm deconstructing my faith. Uh, and, And the Scripture says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And now we, we, we've got people, because of the death, uh, the death uh, uh, of expertise, we've got people, uh, man, they were shut in, in, in their houses. And so now we're doing Facebook uh, rabbit, uh, rabbit hole searches. And now we're connected to some uh, Hebrew movement that believes that Jesus is in heaven making sacrifices uh, in heaven or some stuff like that, right? Uh, and y'all might not have heard of that, but that, that's a thing. 
Or, or, or we have people who uh, believe in the conspiracy theories of QAnon and this kind of mashup thing uh, with Jesus as well. And, and what the author is saying is that in light of that kind of time period, you've got to let the guide be the guide. Verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There are 2,000 years of Christian history. Uh, Pastor Derek and, and, and myself have a, a, both have a 90-credit-hour 90 90 degree master's degree where we studied all 2,000 years of church history, right? Let the guide be the guide. If there's something strange that you, like, I'm unfamiliar with this, somebody suggested uh, this to me, what, what, what do you think about these ideas? Before you go on your Facebook rabbit hole search and, and before you do your YouTube search and start listening to some person who lives in their mom's basement tell you about the, the, their expertise in Hebrew, let the guide be the guide. Says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. What the church has believed 2,000 years ago, that's what me and Pastor Derek and Jay and the rest of us are responsible to ensure that the congregation and the community of faith still believes and nothing different. That there's nothing new under the sun. It might, uh, it might have a new face and it might have new marketing, but there's nothing new under the sun. And, and so verse 9, it says, do not, let, uh, do, not, <clears throat> do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings. That's the whole point. Let the guy do their job. Let the guy do their job. How do you let me and Pastor Derek and the elders do our job? Become a member of a local church. Go to the class so that I can know this is a person I have to give an account to God for. If, if that's not this church, be a member of another local church. Do your due diligence. Check out whatever you need to check out. And then go find another place that you can submit to some level of spiritual authority. How do, how do I let the guy do their job? If you go to the Christian section of uh, Barnes & Noble or even the Christian section of, uh, of Amazon, I would venture out that like 35% of those books have a lot of stuff that ain't nothing Christian about them. And yet oftentimes what we do is we say, what's the top 10 books on, uh, on Christian spirituality uh, today? And we go and we read, girl, get up and wash your face. <laughs> I, I don't know if y'all read that one. Ain't nothing Christian about that. Grace, Grace missed that whole book. It had 200 pages that said, where is Grace? It ain't in that book. And so... If you're, if you're interested in something that has to do with spiritual formation or your own spiritual growth, right, hey, it might be a good, wise thing to say, hey, hey, Pastor D, hey, Pastor Steve, like, what, what are some good resources that, that I could learn uh, uh, more about this particular thing or that particular thing? I might not know, but I might know somebody who does. And it might be a good filter for you as you're looking to learn more about Jesus Christ. Let the guy do their job. Let the guide be, be, be the guide. 
another thing is like, man, sometimes people will, will be in absolute life crisis. And because we want to put the front on our faces, marriages are dissolving, uh, people are, people are, uh, are in, in life and mental health crisis, but they don't want to say anything. The author of Hebrews is saying, let the guy do their job. Don't let everything blow up before I find out about it. Just let me come alongside. Let the guy do their job. But not only uh, does the author say, like, uh, when you're navigating the white waters that, that is life in general to remember your leaders uh, and let the guy do their job, but also the author says to remember grace. Look back with me at verse 9. It says, do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not been, uh, uh, benefited those devoted to them. Uh, so in essence, what the author is, uh, is picturing here, articulating here, uh, is the sacrificial system that he has been talking about throughout the entirety of the book of Hebrews uh, and the focus on the law. So these Hebrew uh, leaders had come into these churches and they said, man, you've got to practice the law. Like that Jesus stuff is cool, uh, but man, you, you want to practice the law. That's the way for you to be acceptable to God. Um, you, you've got to practice the law. And so part of practicing the law for them was eating foods that were deemed clean and avoiding things that were deemed unclean. Now, when Jesus comes on the scene, and what the author has been saying throughout the entirety of the book of Hebrews uh, is that Jesus is the truer and better sacrificial system. Jesus is the truer and better sacrifice. Jesus uh, is the truer and better great high priest in all of those things, right? And, and, and so, in essence, uh, just parenthetically, that means uh, there's some folks in here that don't eat pork. And you say it's for religious reasons. I'm just saying that the Lord said... What he calls clean, let no man call unclean. Bless you. You and I might not be susceptible to going back to old laws. You and I might not be susceptible to saying, man, we're going to go back to practice Judaism. But what you and I are very susceptible towards is creating laws for ourselves so that we can say we had something to do with this. We, 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 uh, we, 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 we might not go back to Judaism, but, uh, but, but my professor said that uh, the human heart is spring-loaded toward legalism. You, you, will, you will put something up as a, a goal or an accomplishment or a thing that you can say, look what I have done. I have justified my existence. I, I, I can prove that I'm now, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm now somebody who can be accepted or I'm somebody who belongs or I'm somebody uh, who, who should be accepted on the basis of the things that I was able to accomplish. We might not go back to Judaism, but we'll create some laws for ourselves. We'll, we'll create some moral codes, codes for ourselves. We, we believe, uh, we, we believe uh, in, uh, in the law of homeschool. We, 
Ain't nothing wrong with homeschool. Ain't nothing wrong with homeschool. But, but we believe that if, if we're able to keep our children from, uh, from all the things that are out there in, in the world, then uh, on the other side of them turning 18, like, man, we, we will be able to say, man, let me, let me stick my chest out, man. I did, I did my thing as a parent. Like, my, my husband worked or my wife worked, and I, I was able to homeschool all of my kids. And, and, and man, some of y'all went to daycare. I can't, I can't believe a parent would even allow their kid to go to daycare. Uh, and, and, and there's some part of me that because I created that, that rule or that law in my heart, I say, man, I've done something. I sure have. I sure have. I sure have something to be proud of myself for. And, and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be proud of yourself for it. But it, it means that if you're looking for it as a means to justify yourself, that by nature is rebellion against God. We, uh, we, uh, we believe in the law of no therapy. We believe uh, if we're truly healthy people, like we, we don't need to see no counselor. We don't need to see, we don't need to see a therapist. If I can just make it through my life without having to go see a therapist, because if I go see a therapist, that means that something's wrong with me. And if I can just muscle up and keep my stuff together, uh, then on the other side of this, I can say, look, man, I did it without no therapy. I didn't need, I didn't need no therapy. They, they, they tried to put me on anxiety medication. I don't need no anxiety medication. All the while, you, you're not dependent on God's grace to get you through the anxiety. You're just over here trying to muster through the anxiety. We, uh, we, we believe in, in the law of private school. If I could send my kids to that school and, uh, and, and, and it's, it's, it's that prestigious, and then when, when they get through that prestigious school, then they can go to this prestigious school and be a part of that community. And uh, when they get through that community, then they're their lives set up just incredibly, uh, and man, if they turn 18, man, that'll be, that'll be the day that I'm able to be like, man, I got, I got myself together. Like, I did my thing. You compare and contrast yourself to other people because uh, we believe in the law of, home, uh, of private school. We, we, believe, we believe in the law of marriage. Let me bless somebody. Hebrews 13, the first few verses, talks about the importance and significance of marriage. But some of us believe that to be married is to be on the varsity team of Christianity, and to not be married is to be on the junior varsity team of Christianity. I love my wife. She's the best thing that ever happened. Outside of Jesus Christ, she's the best thing that ever happened to me. But my wife does not complete me, Jerry Maguire fan. I am a complete person because of my faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ completes me. Watch this. Some of us, I, my, my wife just had a little boy. He was, uh, Tony, she, he was at the 9 a.m. They were at the 9 a.m., uh, and you missed it, but uh, there'll be the other times. Um, but anyways, just, rem, just think of me in baby form, and that's exactly how he looks in real life. Um, Sorry, I digress. <laughs> Derek, that was Derek's first compliment to me uh, was that he said, uh, uh, Kaylee said she was going to come over and see the baby. And Derek was like, yeah, he looks just like Steve, but better. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like a backhanded compliment, ain't it? Anyways, 
One of the things that I experienced in my wife giving birth uh, is there is this like unreal pressure that comes with childbirth that some people say, man, I'm going natural. I'm going all natural and, and no epidural, uh, no nothing. And, and I got my process together and, uh, and, 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 uh, and nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with going natural. Ain't nothing wrong with not having epidural. Ain't nothing wrong with a midwife. Ain't nothing wrong uh, with any of that stuff, whatever you choose to do. But if there is something in your heart that says there's going to be a gold star on the other side of this natural, there, there, is, there, is going, there is something about me as a mom. This says something about me as a mom. Like, man, I'm like hardcore. Like, y'all, y'all just doing the little stuff. I'm, I'm like the real deal holy field up at this thing. Like, I did the doggone thing. Y'all, how, how, many, how many hours did you labor? How, how, yeah, I was, no, I didn't have no epidural. I was in there, you know. The, I read the scripture. Genesis says, and you will have pain. Your pain will be made more in childbirth. I, I don't know about you, but I said, Doc, give me the epidural. Give it to me. Anyways, but, but the point being that we create laws when there's no need for there to be a law. Jesus Christ has fulfilled the law. But our hearts continually and perpetually create laws to try to keep to justify our existence or to say now because of these things I'm acceptable to God. And the author says, remember grace. Remember grace. Remember grace. Remember grace. I had a plan for myself. When I was 26, I entered a Ph.D. program in theological studies. And um, I got into the program, and in my mind I said, if, if I just got to get this thing done by the time I'm 30 years old. And I had to realize after two years of putting myself through that, that I'm trusting in getting this done by the time I'm 30 years old to justify my existence or to justify my worth or to make myself acceptable. So I'm not saying this is not something that I do. I'm saying this is something all of us do over and over and over again. And the author is saying, remember grace. Remember grace. Remember grace. So the author says, if, if we're going through life and, and it's like a white water rafting and, uh, and, 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 and there are rocks and waterfalls and, and predators along uh, the journey, we've got to let the guide be the guide. Remember your leaders. Uh, you've got to remember grace. Uh, and third and finally, he says, you've got to remember Jesus's rejection. Look with me at verse 11. Uh, it says, For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. 
Uh, so the author reminds the readers of what, he's, uh, uh, what, what he said regarding the sacrificial system and the presence of God. Uh, and, and once the sacrifices were made in uh, the tabernacle or in the camp, the priests would take those sacrifices outside of the camp or outside of the tabernacle, and they would be burned. Uh, and so to be inside the camp or the tabernacle meant to be close to the presence of God. And to be outside the camp or outside the tabernacle meant to be rejected by God. So in essence, when uh, the scripture says that Jesus was taken outside the camp, uh, he is the picture of those sacrifices. But not only is he the picture of those sacrifices, what it means is that Jesus Christ has taken on the penalty of all of the wrath of God, all of our sin debt, past, present, and future, all the things that every person in the world uh, has built their lives upon other than God, all, all the things that they trusted in to uh, bring them lasting satisfaction, comfort, joy, and peace. All of those things were placed on Jesus and Jesus was sent outside the camp, outside of Jerusalem, on a hill called Calvary, rejected by God. That's why he cried out, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? Because he took on all of our sin debt in the reality of what that means. Is that on the basis of the person and work of Jesus and your faith in the person and work of Jesus, you will never be rejected by God. Jesus has taken on every portion of that rejection. Based on your faith in Jesus, you will always be accepted by God. What else does that mean, Steve? It means that sometimes things in life are going to be hard. Jesus Christ, as a matter of fact, died the death of a criminal. Yeah, things are going to be hard. Remember that in light of the reality that Jesus was rejected, there are going to be some times in life that we go through stuff that's hard, that we get rejected. And if Jesus went through it, I just want to identify with Jesus. Remember your leaders. Remember grace. Verse 14, for here, this earth, we have no lasting city. The land flowing with milk and honey is not in that new neighborhood. The land flowing with milk and honey uh, is, not, uh, is not that new house. It's not a new kitchen. The land flowing with milk and honey uh, is not a new job. It might help but it still ain't the land flowing with milk and honey. It's not the one that you're looking for. The, the land flowing uh, uh, with, with milk and honey uh, is not the right school. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Verse 16, and now the only proper response is not to offer up animal sacrifice, but to offer up, do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. The praise of your mouth is a sacrifice to God. Doing good and sharing with others is a sacrifice to God. Remember your leaders. Remember grace. Remember Jesus' rejection. And he signs off with this benediction. 
Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I I confess that I oftentimes find myself creating laws, um, moral codes to live by that you, you might say are important, but they're not the means to justify my existence. They're not the means to say that, like, man, I'm better than somebody else. But the reality of our ability to remember grace is the space to be reminded of, like, I didn't bring anything to the table. But hallelujah, God doesn't make me bring anything to the table. (laughs) I get to cling to Jesus. In humility, God, let that be attitude of our hearts to not want to create laws so that we can compare and and contrast ourselves to other people or to make ourselves more uh, uh, appealing to you or acceptable to you. Um, God, allow us to let the guide be the guide. God, allow us uh, to remember grace. And if we experience difficulty and trouble, let us not ask, where is God? But help us remember that we're accepted on the basis of Jesus' rejection. And that if he was rejected, we ought to experience some difficulty too. God, it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast today. I pray that it was a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. I look to see you at one of our services at 9 or 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Take care. God bless you.